0: This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China.
1: Welcome back to The Undaunted Women of Nanking, the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui-Fan. In this episode, refugees come and go from the safety zone. Some refugees, mainly women, try to return after experiencing assaults at the hands of the Japanese soldiers. Vautrin documents the rape of women as young as 14. Sen continues to focus less on the atrocities of war and more on logistics, the stockpile of various foods, and the number of births. Wednesday, February 9th. From the diary of Minnie Vautrin.
0: This morning, prepared a report for the American embassy, giving an account of the incident on the campus yesterday. Took it over this afternoon, but just before doing so, Lao Xiao came in to tell me that soldiers had been up at his home, and that they had been rougher than usual. He wanted to know if he could move down again. In the course of the morning, Mr. Chi and Mr. Forster were in for a long visit. The latter brought us some mail from Shanghai on February 4th, also some fruit for which we are most grateful. The former told us some of his difficulties as the head of a refugee camp. They sounded strangely familiar. At the embassy, I could find nothing further about Helen Boughton, about whom we are much distressed. They could tell us nothing about Lu Chao Fu. In imagination, I could see the despoiling of that great inland plain, the looting and burning of homes, the widespread killing of men, the violation of women, young and old. This is a war to win friendship and cooperation. For the first time, I went through our rescued treasures from the USS Panay. Must say things were rather sorry-looking, but perhaps better than we might expect from having been soaked for weeks in the Yangtze water. The money and all other papers had been dried out, and the former can still be used. Allison seemed discouraged because conditions seemed to improve so slowly in Nanking. Matsumoto, manager of Domei, called for a few minutes. He was planning to fly to Shanghai, so could not stay. I should have liked to get acquainted with him. As I came home from embassy about 5 p.m., I met two groups of women. The first, a mother bringing back her two daughters. Said they had gone home two days ago, but could not stand it. Soldiers came frequently looking for young girls, and they have to hide continually. Naturally, we let them come in. For how long, we do not know. The other person made me terribly sad and depressed. She was the wife of a former teacher in one of the big schools in Nanking. She came from a family of scholars. Before the trouble, they had evacuated to the country, had spent their all and decided they would have to come back to Nanking no matter what the conditions. And what a pitiful tale that return journey was. Her daughter of fourteen and a niece of the same age had taken off shoes and stockings and walked out into the fields in order to avoid soldiers. But in spite of that, the niece had been raped three times, the daughter once, as she tried to come in the city gate. Girls of fourteen, The mother's mind was confused as to time. Suffering had been so continuous. She did not ask to come in, said she could stand it, but begged that the younger girls be allowed in. And again, the Jinling gates opened. I would we could do more for them.
1: Now for the same day from the diary of Sen Shui-Fan.
2: Today was very uneventful. Nothing special for me to write about. The weather is not too good. Many people enter the city. There's more meat supply, a little bit cheaper. Every day, now we have meat in our diet. Many people have fled. Today, we went to visit other refugee camps. Originally, there were 25 camps. But now only about ten remain open.
1: Thursday, February tenth. Vautrin's Diary.
0: Our men's faculty houses and the neighborhood center are a sorry sight. They are still crowded with refugees. Mr. Chen and I went over this morning to investigate. Again, we pled with older people to go to their homes outside the zone for the sake of the younger women who begged them to do this. But they only say yes, yes, and do not go. Both of the double residences have been crowded with refugee families, several families to a room. The floors and walls are in terrible condition. To make bad matters worse, an opium fiend and his wife are in one of the rooms, and they have collected exorbitant rents, saying we had asked him to act for the college. None of us is clever enough to cope with an opium fiend. This afternoon, we had four callers, John McGee, who came to bring us the broadcast news, Mr. Bates, who came looking for Dr. Smith, Lewis, who came to talk over the problem of feeding powdered milk to babies. He had plenty of the powder, but not enough competent people to teach women how to use it for their babies. And Dr. Tang, who came in after the afternoon service. Between 5 and 6, Wei Shi Fu and I went west on Canton Road. I had not been down there since December 11th, when we put up the safety zone flags. What a silent but vivid testimony of the havoc of war. Even the little huts are mostly deserted. Some were burned. In only a few houses were people living, and these were old people. When asked how they were getting along, they said that soldiers were not coming often. Some were decent, some searched them for money, some insisted on and searched for hua gu niang young girls. On the road, we passed a fair number of people going back into the safety zone for the night. In one of the houses, there were four men. They would not have admitted it, but we could see they make their living by going over to Westgate Region. Still largely uninhabited, taking out doors and floors from houses and making it into bundles of firewood, which they will sell to refugees we passed one young man with many bolts of cloth and gunny sacks. He said he had purchased it. Perhaps he had, but it was loot. We tried to make him see how different it would be in Nanking if all of us boycotted loot in every form, no matter how tempting.
1: Thursday, February 10th, Sen's Diary
2: People who had been chased out from other refugee camps all came here because they cannot go home. Right now, we do not have an accurate estimate of how many refugees are here because people come and go frequently. Some of them who had returned home for many days tearfully come back because they were molested by the Japanese soldiers. Some fled here from the countryside. They were either robbed by the Japanese soldiers or by the bandits. They came here empty-handed. Today, another boy died.
1: Friday, February 11th, from the diary of Minnie Votrin.
0: A chance to send mail to Shanghai if we get it to embassy by 4 p.m. A beautiful, sunshiny day. Spring is not far behind. The sound of the heavy bombers this morning haunts me. I can only see the hundreds of mutilated soldiers in trenches and on battlefields up near Xu Chao Fu, with no doctors or nurses to care for them. There, they will suffer until death releases their poor, racked bodies from pain. Poor fellows. Would that the men students, now safely studying in universities and colleges, hear the call of these wounded men and volunteer to help them, for they could do much. We are much worried about Helen Boughton. No further news has come through about her kidnapping. What must conditions be in Pangpu and Huayuan? Where there are only two or three foreigners and no safety zone. Hofei must be in the middle of a war area and battlefield. I am constantly thinking of my friend there. May the Father give them strength and courage beyond their own, and may they be used to shelter and comfort many. Father Kearney is back in Nanking for a few days. He came up in a French gunboat, it seems, and is going back almost immediately to Shanghai. At the American Embassy, I found them putting in a big supply of coal. It seems one of the coal dealers out near Han Chi Gate had his supply still unlooted, and he has urged the American Embassy to take it over to prevent others from looting it. There seems to be a race on, in poor old Nanking, to see who can get rice and coal first. At 5pm, went to hospital to see Blanche. Found her in a third-class ward, and in much pain. The hospital is crowded, but doctors and nurses, pitifully few. There are still only two foreign doctors, and I think two Chinese. This afternoon, about 2.30, our embassy police and two military police called to see if we were being molested by soldiers. They also inquired about the number of our refugees, so that I could not help wondering if that was their real purpose in coming. They seemed satisfied when I reported that at one time we had as many as 10,000, but now we have only about 3,000.
1: Now, for Sen Shui Fan's diary of the same day.
2: The weather is fine again, which is good for the refugees, because it is more convenient for them to come and go. Today, there's another new addition of refugees, a newborn. These little refugees taste suffering life right after being born. Now, there are over 200 children who take the fish liver oil. Miss Wu is merciful again. She is ill and has gone to the hospital. She asked servants to send us two of her chickens. In fact, we do not need her chickens because we can purchase them on the market now. In the past, we asked for chickens from her because we had no meat to eat. I see that Ms. Voltron is already exhausted by too many things, and Wu herself is sick. Otherwise, I would return the chickens to her. Also, people in Shanghai send us food. It is very lucky for us refugees to have so much food to eat. We should be very satisfied. Furthermore, in the past, the reason for our asking Miss Wu for chickens was that if we did not want them, they would be eaten by the Japanese soldiers. She has more than 100 chickens. Up to now, we have eaten only 7 of them. If it was not for Miss Voltron, I would not have any appetite for chickens. Wu did not want to part with them, nor do I have any desire to accept them. These past several days, we're busy in checking the numbers of the refugees and examining their family data.
1: On our next episode, the sound of airplanes flying overhead, as well as letters arriving from Shanghai, give Votrin and Sen a sense of the world beyond the safety zone. The weather is getting warmer. Japanese soldiers continue to burn and loot. Women still fear returning home. Thanks for listening.